Welcome to the QAV podcast. If you're brand new, I just want to introduce the podcast a little bit so you know what you're getting yourself into. If you've listened to the show before, feel free to just fast forward a minute or two. If you're brand new, here's the deal. Uh, my name's Cameron Riley. Tony Kynaston is an old friend of mine. He's a very successful share market investor. I'm talking very, very, very successful. He's been doing it 30 years. He's one of the best in the country in terms of a private investor. Very good uh, track record over 30 years. And what this podcast is about is Tony basically teaches me everything that he knows about investing in the stock market. And you get to listen. But if you're coming into this for the first time, you'll find that this episode, the current episodes, assume a certain level of prior knowledge. We assume that you know what we're talking about, his system, his methodology, which we explain in earlier episodes. So feel free to listen if you want to get the vibe for what's going on, but some of it's not going to make much sense unless you understand what the checklist is, etc. I recommend if you're brand new, you go back and listen to uh, Season 3, Episode 1, Episode 3 and Episode 5, where we go into Tony's background and his system and his methodology in a lot more detail. And then feel free to listen to the contemporary episodes, the current episodes, you'll understand more of the context of what we're talking about. With that, let's get into today's show. Welcome back to QAV, <laughs> Kaido. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hi, Cam. Uh, how are you? Um, good. I'm good. This is episode 411, recorded on Wednesday, the 17th of March, 2021. Uh, how was your golf tournament? Good. We had uh, three days of golf, actually. We played on Friday in a charity golf tournament and uh, had a lot of fun and came sixth out of about 40 groups, so that was good. Not enough to win a prize, but still had lots of fun. And then uh, we had a couple of rounds, had one round uh, on Monday and one round on Tuesday, one at Liverpool and one at Riverside Oaks. So <clears throat> had lots of uh, lots of really good rounds. We're lucky we dodged the rain that's been raining down here for a long time. Uh, the golf was good. Uh, you avoided the rain. That's good. It's been raining here nonstop for the last few days, which is good for podcasting because the temperature's down to 25 in my office, not the 32 it was, I think, last week when we recorded. So that's nice. Good, yeah. I don't have to sneakily turn the fan on every time you start talking. <laughs> Mute my microphone and turn the fan on. <laughs> To avoid so, the hot air. Uh, golf went okay. Uh, you got some horses running this week. Yes. Uh, well, people won't uh, get to see Ring of Honor, but he's racing at six o'clock tonight, Wednesday night. But Bellamy Patina races in Sydney on Saturday, race one. On Golden Slipper Day, big race day at Rose Hill. I've put five bucks on it to place. So I think I win 13.78 if it. Uh places so that'll recoup something we'll good. see yeah. yeah well i hope it does place Me she's too. got a very good place record so she should do okay right and damien and oliver's riding it. yeah he's um he's an amazing jockey he's getting pretty old now too yeah he's been around for a long time yeah i was gonna say yeah yeah yep melbourne cup winning jockey that's good. Uh, he's very good uh and bella nipotina loves the wet which is why she's coming to sydney because it's so freaking wet here <laughs> And I'm coming to Sydney on the weekend. 
you are. Bring your with Taylor. Bring your, uh, bring your umbrella. I will. Yes. Good. We're going to the Whiskey Awards. Whiskey Awards on Sunday, QAV dinner on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Hard to get Sydney people to come to a dinner. We do a dinner on Brisbane, ton of people turn up. We do a we do a dinner in Melbourne, ton of people turn up. We do a dinner in your hometown, everyone's like, ah, really? <laughs> we have to go out? No, don't think so. Very hard to sell tickets to dinners with you in Sydney for some reason. I think word must <laughs> word must have got around or something in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, come on, people in Sydney, come along. It's good fun. We've got the restaurant to ourselves. You can ask questions. Uh, you can take photos with Cam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. I've got a photographer coming in to take some photos of you and I on Monday. Are you gonna have a haircut before then, or are you just gonna? Go, ah, rich doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll try and have one. Uh, my, I can my do it for you if you like. Down. I'll bring my, <laughs> I'll bring my scissors, my razor. Give you a, a number, buzz cut. Number three, yeah, number three bowl. Uh, yeah. No, okay, I'll try and oh. have one. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I'll put some gel or something in it, or fudge. Oh. <laughs> slick it, slick it back. Put you in a good suit and tie. That's what all the other investment gurus do on the internet, man. They're all like, yeah, they are, aren't they? slicked back, get the they suit, are. posing in front of the rented Lambo. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got the side part with the, everything combed over to one side, the yeah, French short cuffs. back and sides. Yeah, French yeah. cuffs, yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> you turn up, your hair's all tussled, wrinkled, yeah. bloody shirt. Yeah. You're like, ah. What's happening, wannabes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the new coffee mug I'm getting made up. QAV. What's up, wannabes? <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to coming down and hanging out. It's going to be good fun. Um, yeah. All right, let's let's get into uh, show stuff. We've got a million questions again this week. Probably not going to get to all of them. I apologise to everybody, but uh, we'll... We'll work our way through them. Uh, obviously, the bigger the bigger the audience gets, the more the questions are, the tougher yeah. it is to get through all of your questions. But keep them coming because it's it's great. Please do. Yeah, they're really good questions too. Now, one of our new subscribers, Jeff, uh, suggested that we do some workshops. He said, yeah, what about one-day workshops? And I said, oh, I'll run it past Tony, but I'm pretty sure he'll say it sounds like too much hard work. Mm. And that's, in fact, exactly what you said. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the whole day. Oh, God. Well, I could probably train the intern up maybe in for half a day and then he can come and run the one-day workshops. I'm going to have well, to get like a, a body double for you, like a yeah, stand-in. Yeah. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman is deceased though, so I can't get him. Um, well, I mean, people won't come along to a Sydney dinner. Who's going to come along to a Sydney <laughs> workshop? Yeah, good say. point. Yeah. Well, we can figure something I, online, but our Zoom calls are pretty much workshops, aren't they? Or our Zoom yeah. videos are pretty much workshops. Yeah, they are. Or I was thinking I could do it by myself, like I answer some of the emails by myself, and just have you on. You just play golf, and I'll just you know FaceTime you if I, there's one I'm not confident in answering. I go, oh, just let me, just everyone take a break, yeah, make <laughs> eat one of those little mints on the table. I'm gonna. FaceTime Tony. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Jeff. No, it's a no for the uh, workshops. 
I want to talk about a couple of things that hit my uh, radar this week, Tony. Uh, I posted a – I was watching a video by a guy called Aswath Damodaran. You ever come across him, Aswath Damodaran? No, I haven't, no. It's, uh, it's also a Harry Potter magic spell, if I say Aswath Damodaran. <laughs> <laughs> Can make all your money disappear and go to my bank account. Um, You're quicker than me. I was trying to riff off his his name, but I couldn't make it happen. <laughs> I was actually thinking about saying that over Bella Nipotina on Saturday just before the race. <laughs> as with Damodaran. Now Damodaran is a professor of finance at the Stern School of Business at New York University, and um, I never smile you know, there. No, you don't want you don't want an easygoing school of business, a school of no. finance. You want them to you be pretty the Stern. stern. School. Correct. Yeah, the Stern yeah. School, where they take it very seriously. He um, is a value uh, guy and uh, been around a long time, apparently, very popular, I, I gather. But I watched uh, some videos that he did, and he starts off one of them by using a lemmings analogy. He said, all investors are lemmings. Uh, i try and remember the rest of it. But he said, he said, you look at lemmings, and... You go, okay, well, the first one that goes over the edge of the cliff, you go, okay, well, you can you can understand that. Maybe the first one didn't see the edge of the cliff and was just excited and was running and fell over. And then the next couple that go over, well, maybe they were just too close to the first one and, and they, you know, they it was too late by the time the first one went over and they couldn't put the brakes on fast enough, so momentum carries them over. Yes, but what do you do about the last one? <laughs> It's like 50 lemmings. How do you explain Fimo. the last one? He's seen Fimo. 50 of his friends go over. <laughs> yeah, and he's obviously thinking, wow, there must be something good at the bottom of this cliff. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to miss out. I'm going over as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he goes, so, YOLO on the way over. You're on yeah, that's once. right. Yeah. <laughs> so he said like, so the uh, all investors are lemmings. The ones at the front mm-hmm. are, the, are the momentum investors. Like they're just excited they can't believe how great this is. They're going along with it. They go over the cliff. Then he said, you got the people in like the middle of the bunch that are sort of uh, a little bit more sceptical, but then mm-hmm. they look at what the momentum investors are doing and they're like, well, mm-hmm. you know, they, they must know something I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they go over the edge. Then he said at the bottom you've got the value investors right at the back. <laughs> that they're like... I don't know. I'm, I'm going to at least try and apply some logic and reasoning to why I'm running up this cliff and whether or not I should jump off the end. He said it doesn't mean that they won't jump off cliffs from time to time, but if they get carried away. But he, he was basically yeah. talking about um, having some having some rules, having some attempts not to be a momentum lemming, not to be one of the worst l- Lemmings, you know, trying to. He was he's talking about the hardest thing, and we've talked about this a lot before. But the hardest thing in investing is uh, discipline, and and not getting carried mm. away, and not getting involved in FOMO and all those sorts of mm. things. And so he said, "Look, for me, I just try and be as you know. I understand that I'm probably going to make mistakes, and I'm probably going to fall into traps, and I'm probably going to." you know, do things that I re- make decisions that I regret later, but I'm trying to use as much uh, data and logic and reasoning as I can to avoid those things, to avoid those aspects of human nature, which we all have. Mm. It's it's natural, apart from you, Iceman, but for the rest of us, <laughs> it's it's hard not to get swept up in the, yeah. you know, the, the excitement. And the, yeah, exactly. 
Oh, well, you and Taylor worse. are going to have some good conversations about Bitcoin <laughs> when you're when we're in Sydney, I'm sure. At dinner, well, it's worse I'm going to- than that, Cam. It's like the you know there are people who are paid to usher the lemmings up the cliff, right? And then the they, yeah. they they pay the roadrunner to go out in front and then just stop just short of the cliff and watch everyone go over. <laughs> <laughs> and there are people who sell tickets to the cliff. It's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, you, yeah. You don't want to go on there. No, not the, no. You're not good enough for the cliff, mate. No. no. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll give you a ticket. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Shh, don't tell just anyone. You. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, it's your magic so, ticket. Yeah. I agree. It's your Willy Wonka golden I mean, ticket. You know, yeah. He's right. We're probably all some type of lemming, but you know, just you can just spot where the lemmings are going at the moment, can't you? Into the into the SaaS stocks, the afterpay stocks, all those kinds of things. Yeah, but of course they don't think they're lemmings. They think they're no. the smart ones, and we're the yeah. dumb ones. Value yeah. investors are the dumb ones. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is all a lead up to a story that uh, somebody posted on Arash, I think, on a Facebook group today. CBA launching BNPL service. Mm-hmm. Well, we always knew it was a matter of time. Mm. Uh, this is from the Financial Review. Commonwealth Bank has unveiled, it, unveiled its afterpay pincer movement, announcing a new product, ComBank BNPL. Not exactly the catchiest name. Uh, <laughs> somebody in Commonwealth Bank's marketing department is probably, uh, you know, putting a rope around their neck this morning. <laughs> you know, they probably had a bunch of really cool names yeah. yep. and then the senior execs went, uh, let's call it ComBank BNPL and the marketing person's like. No, no they would have gone, listen, what do you know about my- What's wrong with the ComBank brand? Come on. Oh, it's one of the most I love beloved it. brands in the country. <laughs> it's your money, Ralph. No, was that ComBank? No, it was, no, it was like, Bank of uh, Victoria. Who was ComBank? It was... Uh, Jan, not happy Jan. Was that Commonwealth Bank? No shit. Okay, (laughs) I'm sure they had a catchy marketing slogan at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Will allow up to four million of its retail customers to pay in four installments, and the biggest competitive response Mm. by a major bank to the buy now pay later phenomenon. Now, Tony, I ask you this: being a you know an investing guru, when an announcement like that comes out, what would have happened today to the Commonwealth Bank shares and what happened to the Afterpay shares? I don't think it would have affected the ComBank shares much at all. And Afterpay, I think I know the answer. They went down a little bit, but then they came back up to about where they were beforehand. So investors have pretty much brushed off the news. Last time I checked, Afterpay was up. I think (laughs) Afterpay, the market goes, well, this is validation of Afterpay. That they're on right. a good thing. Copycats, yeah. Copycats, yeah. And Commonwealth yeah. Bank, ah, what do they know about the kids of today? And they're probably well, I right. I read in the article that ComBank weren't going to charge their merchants anything for the the sales. So if you're a if you're a retailer and you're paying six percent at least to afterpay to book their sales, you're gonna put the afterpay promotional gear at the back of the counter or under the counter and put lots of CBA stuff on the counter, I would have thought. Is that a, is that a um, cause for an anti-competitive uh, lawsuit at some point? Mm, no, I don't, don't think so, know. possibly. Have, Who knows? Yeah. 
do we have any competitive any competition laws in this country like they do in the US? I don't even know how it stands here. Yeah, we do have anti-competitive laws. I don't think they apply in that case. We have third-line forcing, so it would be illegal if the merchant said you can only buy these goods with a Combank card. But um, Right. Yeah, that wouldn't apply in this case either. We are going to treat it like it is credit, CBA Group Executive for Retail Banking Services Angus Sullivan said. He said CBA would monitor customers' exposure to other buy-now-pay-later services and would not allow the new product to be used when customers are late repaying other providers. This goes beyond the commitments made by the buy-now-pay-later fintechs in the new BNPL Code of Conduct, which has been attacked by consumer groups as lacking the protections of the Credit Act. Yeah, I heard that today. They made a powerful case. You know, I forget the lady's name, but she was the chair of one of the financial counselling charities and she was saying, we get heaps and heaps of people in who are in financial problems because of BNPL. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because there's no credit check done before you buy something um, and you can spend quite a bit of money on it so you can get into lots of trouble. Right. Because it's credit. As we've said before, it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it's credit. And there's no no credit check before you, uh, you use the product and sign up. Anyway, there you go. CBA shares are down, Afterpay shares are up. (laughs) <laughs> oh, completely yeah. rational in the markets today. We're through the looking glass. But, uh, I mean, there's a few other developments there too. Did you see what happened uh, with Afterpay? They issued 10-year bonds, zero coupons, so no interest payments. So if you give your money to Afterpay for 10 years, I think I think from memory the, the deal was something like the bond is basically, well, the current Afterpay share price of around 100 bucks. But in 10 years' time, they'll give you, I think, $130 a share or something like that. So you're basically gambling with Afterpay. A is still going to be around in 10 years' time and B is going to be worth somewhere way north of $130 a share. And people are just lining up like lemmings to, to take out this zero-coupon bond. Well, there you go. Good luck to them all. I hope they do well. Yeah. Uh, moving hope right along. with Bitcoin. <laughs> Moving right along, CVL that we recently added to our portfolio is currently uh, slightly under the price we paid for it. What do we do? Oh, let me have a look. I haven't looked at it for a while. Civmec, we paid, mm-hmm. we bought it for sixty cents on the first of March. It's currently trading at fifty nine cents. Let's have a look at its graph. It's up one point seven percent today. By the way. Yeah, it was down lower than um, this <laughs> yesterday. No, I, I think we hold on to it. Looking at that it. share price, it's the share graph. It's well above its um, sell line. Right, but recently we sold something because it uh, dropped below the share price. The, yeah, the that price. was. I think that was Remelius, wasn't it? And if you look yeah, at the Remelius graph, I think generally it was trending down, which is why we sold it. And that was, but the icing on the we, I didn't sell it because it was. Um, uh, its graph was trending down in the short term because it's still above its sell price, but I was um, selling it because its graph was trending down in the short term and it was below its sell price. I'm just calling up Remelius now. And, yeah, well, it's actually kicked up since we sold it, so that was a dumb mistake, wasn't it, hey? <laughs> Capitulation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you, what you we were saying before about being week. disciplined? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes. I when I write my annual letter to shareholders, I have to do what Buffett does and say I made a foolish mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not the first one you've made. I mean, it's you not. know. I can just rattle off all of the things that you've uh, got involved with me on over the years. <laughs> you need a you need a getting getting involved in with Cam projects checklist. First thing is is Cam involved? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not getting involved in it. That's a big mistake. All right. Yeah, so you just because like, it's you sound like my wife. <laughs> oh right, yeah. Okay, well, I'll remember to bring that up at dinner on Monday night. <laughs> I say, Taylor, explain to all of us why you think investing in Bitcoin is a good idea. Now, Jenny, mm-hmm. explain to all of us why Tony shouldn't get involved with me in any more projects. <laughs> oh, she doesn't say that. She just says, "How much have you spent?" <laughs> Fair enough. Well, one of these days, exactly, it'll all come good. Yeah, I say I say just treat it like another racehorse, Jen. It's, oh, it's I'm a racehorse. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, a thoroughbred. Eventually, something it's will come good. Fox. It's all. It's uh, fox is going to be where it all comes good. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that was uncomfortable, but let's move on. Um, okay, so CBL <laughs> is down a bit, but because the chart looks like a Halloween pumpkin, um, it's good. Oh, it looks better than that. It's, it's yeah, it's climbing overall. Yeah, but you go back five year chart, it looks like a Halloween pumpkin, but it's up on mm-hmm. the right hand side. Okay, good to know. Stock of the week, Tony. You haven't. You've been a little bit quiet on the whole. Uh, you know, oh, journal playing, front playing this week. I know. Uh, yeah, so I actually did a download today and it's it's taken me all day to try and get something out to you but I haven't finished yet But because there's lots of stuff coming to Stock Doctor in the last week. So reporting uh, season is not over? Reporting season's over, uh, but two things happen. Most companies by number report in the last week, so lots of, lots of late uh, late reporters, and it can take a week to get, or maybe even a little bit longer to get the numbers in the stock doctor from their data right. providers. Yeah, so I'm still going through, and I've got I've got a couple of stocks of the week actually. Actually, got uh, two or three to talk about. Uh, I was going to make GCY stock of the week, and let's. And the reason is because they had a qualified audit six months ago and they, that's been removed now. So Gascoigne Resources and the share prices, you know, lit a rocket. Uh, so they, they actually, I think, were suspended for a while while they did a capital raising to keep the company alive, which success went off successfully and now that uh, they've come back into trading, they're on the up. So oh my God. people may want to have a look at Gascoigne Resources. Shot up from two point eight nine cents to fifty six cents. Yeah, so it was uh, like I said, it was um, it dropped right down to that to that three cents a share, and then it was suspended. And then they uh, did a capital raising of some one hundred and fifty odd million dollars, hmm. which uh, was supported. And now they're back and and listed again, and the shares are on the up from three cents to fifty six cents. Okay, so that's the stock of the week. What's their QAV score? 
hang on. Uh, GCY has a 0.53 QAV score. Which wow. Is what? Yeah. yeah. They're not in the uh, – this must be a new thing, right, because they're not in the most recent buy list that uh, you sent through. Correct, because uh, they had a qualified audit up until oh, recently right. and I've just put their latest numbers into my spreadsheet. Right. Mm. Okay. Well, that GCY, that's a good one. What do they do, Gascoigne Resources? What do they Gold dig up? Gold, right. Gold, yeah. Okay. And I noticed uh, in your – Journal last week, you mentioned that the qualified audit for Zimplats has gone away. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So uh, I, I think from memory, just reading through their annual report last week, the qualified audit's gone away, but they still actually are, I think even in the courts with the South African government about, or whichever government they're with, Zimbabwe, I suppose, I'm not sure, uh, with a, an African government about the tax issue so that the tax issue that was highlighted in the qualified audit hasn't gone away, but the auditors are happy enough to sign off on the account. So that's uh, that's improved for them. Okay. Hmm. Zim has if itself. If you recall, the qualified audit for Zim Plants was about uh, uh, there's I think I think it's a Zimbabwe company rather than sorry South African, um, and I think yeah. from memory the problem was they weren't accounting for their purchases of equipment in Zimbabwean dollars. They were sometimes putting them into US dollars, which apparently was illegal. So they were trying to unpick that and it was causing them headaches. Right. Hmm. Okay. So it can go back on the yep. list. Is it on the list? Is it back on the buy list? Yeah. I think you said it is, right? Yeah. Yep. What did you say in your journal? Just pull up. Uh, added to the buy list with a QAV score of 0.19. Yeah, so not very high. Yeah. Okay. Not a gas coin. Yeah. Okay. Correct. All right. Well, uh, that's it for my uh, news of the week. Do you want to get into mm-hmm. Q&A? Yeah, sure. Just a couple of other points about the buy list. I'll, I'll put one out in a day or so, probably tomorrow. Um, there's a fair bit of work to, to be done. Uh, and secondly, there's lots of lots of our, our current buy list companies have new figures, and I think most of them are remaining on the buy list, even though the new okay. figures have come in. So I think uh, just to pull out a couple of highlights, CAA, Capital Aluminium, has got a QAV score of 0.46 still. Uh, Myers' new figures came out recently, and they've got a QAV score of 0.68. So uh, MML, Medusa Mining, have a QAV score of 0.54. So there's a couple that people might want to have a look at. But they remain on the buy list, which is good. Good. Mm. Hey, well, while I think of it, one more uh, news item. FMG, um, it's taken a huge hit in its price in the last few weeks. Iron ore prices are down, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm -hmm. You want to just uh, talk through your thoughts on something like this? We've obviously done very well out of FMG in the portfolio. It was trading at 24.23 this is the 26th of February. It's down to 2028. So that's mm-hmm. a big drop. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, sit and watch. Um, it also paid a big dividend in that time period of at least 10%, I think, from memory. So that's another ah, reason right. why the share price has gone down. But, yeah, certainly iron ore prices had gotten to record highs of around $170 a tonne. 
and they're back into I think about the one fifties now. So that would also be weighing on the on the share price. Uh, it, it you know again I'm guided by the sentiment. If it if it keeps dropping you know, from here, I might look at selling it. But um, and look at the more recent trend lines, um, a la what Feebrain talks about. Because uh, I don't want it to go all the, all the way back to say sixty dollars a ton of iron ore, and we've given up all our upside. But I don't think it'll do that. Um, it's 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 likely, I think, to to still stay. The iron ore price might go down a little bit from here, but there's still lots of when the world comes out of COVID, lots of demand for infrastructure spending, which is largely driven by iron ore. So uh, I think most people are saying the iron ore price is going to stay up for longer, but it's hard. I don't want to predict what the iron ore price will do because uh, it's you know so so um, driven by some of the vagaries about which you know which company's mining well, which one isn't, whether uh, what's China doing, all those kinds of things. And and there's also talk about China trying to buy up iron ore mines in Africa and develop them there to try and offset dependence on Australia. So yeah, I'm not an iron ore expert. I'm going to sit and watch and make a call uh, when I need to. Well, the summary is I'm just going to I'm going to have to wait and watch with Fortescue Metals. Okay. Do you um, think I the have... world's ever going to come out of COVID? <laughs> the yeah, way it's who going. Knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe it's been a year and the US Ooh. added the US had 47,000 new cases yesterday. Like uh, a year. I'm in shock, really, that it's still going on like this. It's really yeah. kind of crazy. 47,000 new cases, wow. Well, one of the guys I, was, I played golf with is American and he was saying that uh, some of the states are doing well with the vaccination, some of the states are doing poorly with the vaccination, and it really comes down to the weakest link in this stuff that he doesn't think that the US will get, you know, complete coverage from vaccination anytime soon, so there'll be outbreaks. Yeah. And uh, it's not going well in Europe. I saw the other day too. I think Italy's got its third wave going on. They're all stopping the AstraZeneca um, vaccine because of this blood clotting issue. It's, uh, Mm. I don't know, it's kind of crazy. Sorry, I was wrong on that US number. They didn't have 47,000 new cases yesterday. That was the day before. They had 53,231. New cases yesterday. Really? Brazil, Brazil had eighty four thousand one hundred twenty four oh. new cases. India twenty eight thousand. France twenty nine thousand. Italy twenty thousand. Germany nine thousand. Uh, you know, a day. Poland fourteen thousand. A day, a day. So clearly, some of the, clearly a lot of these countries just aren't locking down, are they? They're just going about business as usual. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Anywho. Let's get into Q&A. Yeah, good for gold stocks, that. Hi, Cam. This is from Brett. Hi, Cam. Hi, Brett. Can you please ask TK how he decided to sell a stock before he discovered the three-point trend line? Yeah, good question. Um, I was a, I think I probably classify myself as a buy-and-hold investor largely before that. So, would, you know, as, I, as I've said before on the show, held most of my stocks through the GFC. And uh, that was painful, and that's when started to investigate ways of trying to improve that process, which is when I came across the uh, the simple idea of the three point trend line. Um, although there were plenty of um, you know people out there talking about other kinds of momentum investing, about uh, you know sh- short term, uh, sort of three month 
trend lines going below 12 months trend lines or above that kind of thing so it's not a new concept i think i would probably say that i would have sold things in the past based on some of the ways we're talking about now um, if you ignore the sentiment so you know if there was a resignation or uh, of, a, of a director or a um, ceo or a cfo if there were red flags like that if there were qualified audits if there were um uh, a bad result announcement, that kind of thing. I guess in my early days, I probably put a lot of stock in what people like Roger Montgomery would say. There was another guy who I used to subscribe to called Ian Huntley, who's not around anymore. He sold his newsletter to Morningstar, which I think is still going, but I, I didn't find their analysis to be as good as Ian Huntley's. Uh, and, yeah, people like that. Uh, yeah, so no, no real science behind it or methodology behind it. And then the after the GFC, you implemented the 3PTL to try and Correct. limit the losses. Because yeah. holding buying hold is sort of a classic value investor strategy, right? That's what a lot correct. of value investors do. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I was trying to trying to find good companies and, and buy and you know look to hold them for the rest of my life if I could. So lots of emphasis on the quality side of the checklist and the value side, I suppose. But um yeah, lots of analysis, uh, which eventually distilled itself into the checklist. Um, but, hmm. yeah, on the on the sell side, uh, event-driven is probably how I describe it. Okay. There you go, Brett. hope that helps. Matt, hi, Cameron. Really enjoying the QAV podcast. I never thought I'd be eagerly awaiting a show about investing each week, so <laughs> thanks very much to you and Tony for all your work. I never thought I'd be making a podcast about investing each week, <laughs> Matt, so... Welcome to the club. I've got a question for TK about fudging a sell price in situations where we have fudged the buy price. Take ECX. Well, that's the end of the free episode for this week. For the brand new folks, I want you to know that each week we have a free episode and a premium episode. Free episode runs about half an hour. Premium episode usually runs for an extra half hour to an hour, depending on how many questions we have from our audience that week, because we spend a lot of that time answering questions. Uh, If you want to check out the premium episodes, you can go up to our website, qavpodcast.com.au and sign up for the two-week free trial. You get to have a look at the uh, premium episodes. You get to have a look at the checklist, the getting started guide, all of the video content that we have. Uh, You get invited to our VIP dinners and our VIP Zoom calls for club members. You get to ask Tony questions that we can answer. You get to get invited to our uh, Facebook group, our private Facebook group, etc., etc. So, And also uh, we get a, a private uh, club member newsletter each week we send out as well with some stuff in it. So check that out, qavpodcast.com.au. But as I said, if you're brand new and you wanna, you're want to, you trying to figure out what's going on, go back and listen to Season 3, Episodes 1, 3, and 5, 301, 303, and 305. And then you might also want to go back and listen to Season 1, as well, all of the free episodes in season one, where we go into a lot of detail about Tony's system and methodology and figure out if this is right for you, if it's something that you want to go further with, if you want to learn how to invest like Tony does, then you can check out the uh, QAV Club. Uh, The other thing I always have to say is we're not financial advisors, so don't take anything you hear on this as financial advice. This is just here to teach how one guy invests and thinks about investing. If you need financial advice or tax advice, please go see a financial advisor or a tax advisor. Uh, With that, stay safe, good luck with your investing, and we'll be back next week.